0: to take us on a little journey of um, what it means to be a citizen of heaven on earth, still navigating our enemies, still navigating spiritual realities around us that are pressing us in and limiting us. Uh, What does it look like for you and I to feast in the presence of our enemies? I felt the Father say to me, Richard, so much better to fast in a season of peace because I get you to feast in a season of war. On, because he lays the table. He prepares a table in... Yo, something cool is happening up on the stage right now. Shaba. My cup is overflowing already. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of, a, of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And I do a word study, and I said, Father, you have to make it practical so I can help my family and help my friends. And what does this look like to navigate being a citizen of heaven with a higher perspective in the midst of the mess that we find ourselves in this world system? Because if we can't navigate through that, we'll never undo what has been set in motion that was ungodly. And if we're not going to disrupt that and undo it, how are we going to occupy and how are we going to establish the reality of kingdom? Yeah. How are we going to do that? And he wants us to see rightly. He wants us to perceive rightly, think, speak from a heaven's perspective. But sometimes we find ourselves in the muck of the Maya. where the Father says, I'm going to set a table before you. And that word there, prepare, means to set or present. I'm going to present Christ before you In the midst of your enemies because he's the table and he's the meal and my desire is to have one auditorium with a big stage I could have had ten seater table here but I've got a full little seated table so imagine with me go to your dining room table you know some people have got a dining room table that can seat 30 or 40 Maybe you need to reduce it to 10 because those enemies have always been against you. <laughs> but if you've been at a table and there's people that capture your attention all the time and there's things that are capturing our attention all the time and are taking our eyes of who he is and what he's done and what he can do in our lives. And the only way we get to silence our enemies is if we're seeing him the way he needs to be seen. And so in this time, I went to my dining room table to find a space in my home for quiet. (laughs) And it's usually very early in the morning or late at night when the children are sleeping. But I sat at the table and I said, Father, help me understand what it looks like that you prepare, that you presenting Christ." Before me in the midst of my enemies and uh, says Rich, it's always the Godhead that's involved always So the Holy Spirit is always with us and I had this picture and the experience of Holy Spirit standing With His hands on my shoulders While this enemy here Of doubt or this enemy here of lies or this enemy over here of performance or this one over here of judgment, or that one over there of gossip or offense. No matter what your enemies are, He's with you. But it's our ability to be attentive to Him first and foremost that opens up our ears and opens up our eyes to see and to hear. And the Holy Spirit said to me one thing. He said, Rich, If the Father's presenting Christ before you at the table, you need to fix your eyes on him. And you know, David, when all his enemies were against him, actually the Philistine didn't want him anymore. His own men coming back and their wives had been taken hostage. And David says he was distressed in his heart because his own people were thinking about stoning him. But in that place, of distressed. The Bible says, but David strengthened himself, sustained himself in the Lord, his God. So what are you feeding yourself? What is your sustenance when the enemies are encroaching on you? When the fear of your future, or the fear of your finance, or the fear of not making it, or the fear of the diagnosis, when it's speaking so loud to you at the table where you, your attention is focused, and here's the reality, you keep that enemy fat because you're giving it your agreement. And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit says, since you are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin so eagerly trips us up, and that sin there is unbelief, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping or fixing our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, the champion, and and Proverbs 4.25, I felt the Holy Spirit says, let your eyes look straight ahead fix your gaze directly before you, look intently at the body, look intently at his blood, because he says this, every time you break bread, every time you partake of the cup, you do this in remembrance of me, you have to do it in remembrance of his life and how he walked, in remembrance of the lamb being slain, in remembrance of his death and his burial, but Remembrance of the victorious resurrection that we heard about this morning. Intently focused on the victorious ascension and the victorious soon coming King. It's our focus amongst all these voices that are screaming at us daily. They uninvited guests, guests at our table. We invited them sometimes to pity party and to agree with my situation or my circumstance. And we, we, we gather a, a circumstance theology that I have to determine my life right now based around the agreement of the liars and the fear and the gossip and the opinions. But the Father set this table. He's presented Christ. So the Holy Spirit says you have to fix your eyes on what he's prepared for you. His body, his blood. And then the Father is at the table. But sometimes you need someone with a bellow laugh to gather your attention. And the Bible says this, when you see him right, because when you see him through Christ, you see him clearly. But he gathers our attention when the Bible says here in Psalm 2 with a laugh. You know what happens in a room when someone laughs. All your attention is there. So when the father laughs, you gather his attention. Your attention is there now. What are you laughing about, father? And all of these have become silent. You start starving because you're no longer giving your agreement. You see, friends, you have to intentionally do this. You can't whimsical on a Sunday morning. I'm going to quickly do it to tick off my box. It's warfare that you do at this table. Tongues is warfare that He's given us, and we we, we dampen the reality. I don't want people to be offended. No, listen. When I'm in war, I don't care who's around me. But this is intentional, and it captures our focus. And this is what it says: My Father has me in His sights. When I look up, why is He laughing? I didn't even know the father was there because all these voices here were so loud. Stealing my food. <laughs> so we remain starving instead of feasting. My father said he sights on me and he's unfazed by my enemies. When I see him, I look through Christ and I see my father laughing. Mm, he's actually laughing. And I see my cup and my cup's overflowing. Yo! <sighs> Yo! My cup is overflowing. And I rightly see my father. And guess what? I rightly see my enemies now who are actually terrified. <laughs> I see them fat and laughing at me and lying at me and spewing their stuff on me. But now I see the father laughing and I look at. My enemies and they quaking they're shivering and they're not allowed to leave (laughs) Because the father's not gonna chase them from the table he gives me that authority But I'm not gonna do it if I don't recognize my authority And I recognize my authority when I see the one who's unfazed at the end of the table laughing at his enemies In Psalm 2 verse 4, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. A bellow laugh. The father at the end of the table has got this deep bellow laugh. He's laughing. He's hitting the table because you have you laughed like that before? Have you got an issue in your life when you laugh like that? Not for that moment. And when somebody else laughs, your attention is there and you love it and it catalyzes something in you because the father is the substance of who the father is his joy he rebukes them in his anger and he terrifies them in his wrath you see it's not people it's powers and principalities because we're not dealing with flesh and blood and while we are watching him laugh we go oh I'm not waging war like the world wages war I have got the power to d- to to bring down and tear down strongholds, lofty things, thoughts, fears, pressures, and I bring it into obedience of Christ. Because yeah. I look at the Father and then I look at Christ and I say, I will bring you into obedience here. Because there's people waiting to come in who I need to have invited around my table. Because where there was fear, love needs to be. Power needs to be and a sound mind needs to be. Where there lies, truth needs to be. When there's doubt, truth and belief and trust needs to be there. Now I've dealt with this guy, love is next to me, speaking to me and he's in agreement with the Father and now I can, you can be loud. And we've been around a dinner table where you're like, man, I wish they would go or Or you've been around the table, don't go. This is awesome. Where you have extended times in the bathroom going, Jesus. I don't believe in the rapture, but rapture me. There's none of you. And then gossips gets replaced with honor. An offense gets replaced with freedom and security and mercy. What a party we can have around this table. And then the father rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath and says, "I've installed my king on. on Zion, my holy mountain. And then the father goes, "I'll proclaim the Lord's decree." And he looks at me through Christ and he says this you are my son and today I become your father in your remembrance And he connects me again relationally Because he cares about me, but he got my attention by him laughing My attention now looks at the enemy quivering shaking Apologizing Can I leave please? (laughs) Not just yet (laughs) Graham Cook tells a story of walking into his bedroom one day and there were physically two demons in his room trying to torment him with these lies and all of these things. And he said, Holy Spirit, what shall I do? And the Holy Spirit said, close the door, lock it, put the blood of Jesus over the window frames and the door frames and put worship music on. And he saw these demons being tormented, screaming, apologizing, begging. To leave and he sat and watched how the enemy was tormented and he opened the door and never to never again to be disturbed by them. You're my son today I've become your father and out of that place of hearing your enemies wanting to steal the father goes ask of me. Ask of me in this place and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. He takes your perspective so high. where we got ground locked, he takes your perspective of who actually is in charge here. Romans 8, he says this, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? We're seeing him rightly now. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. We see Christ. He says, how will he not freely and graciously give us all things? And one of those things is the ability to speak to your enemy. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or these enemies around your table? It's written, for your sake, God, and we ask this question, we've been killed all day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No! In all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death or life or angels or rulers or things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And that's when our enemies start getting replaced at the table. So the father's waiting now, saying, boy, think like me, speak like me, you're in charge, starve it, no longer give it your agreement but give it heaven's decree. See friends, this walk is a practice of being intentional with heaven's culture, heaven's decree, heaven's language, with heaven's power. friends should never be in our body. And I say this because man, a good Afrikaans word I got wuss when my friend opened up on Sunday. People talking and gossiping and saying things that should not be said as believers. A perverse man stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. The words of a gossip are like a choice morsel. They go down to the innermost parts. That's not part of our meal. That's got poison in it. You take that piece of bread at the end of that poiky pot and you... (laughs) That's what gossip does to people. We could see in the spirit, I'm sure you see them drooling. So when gossip leaves the table, I tell him to clean up your space, my friend. (laughs) It's dripping all over there. A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. What does James say about the tongue? You go and read it. A ship is turned in a direction by a small little rudder. The Californian fires. A little spark of a tire that fell off a trailer. little spark, forest fires, devastation. Same as the tongue. With the tongue we praise our Lord and our Father, and with it we curse human beings. You see, our fight's not against flesh and blood. Even when filth comes out of people's lives, your silence silences the enemy in that moment. out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters shouldn't be. Why? You replace him with honor because honor sees the glory of God in another. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such that is good for building up and fits the occasion that it may give grace or power or ability to those who hear. Even if it's correction or a rebuke. Because as a believer you can say your identity no longer speaks like that or releases that. Yeah. Offense steals faith and trust and closes your heart to God and people. Mm. When f- offense leaves, because here's the reality, when people were offended at Jesus, he could do no mighty works. He could only heal a couple of People, And he said he was astonished at their lack of faith. Yeah. You know what offense does? Makes you focus on it all the time. <sighs> A free heart. Proverbs nineteen eleven. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Ephesians 4, verse 31. Coming on from... Let no corrupt talk. Get rid of all bitterness. Bitterness, you need to go. Rage, you need to go. Anger, you need to go. Brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. You're not invited to my table. Be kind and compassionate. Kindness, compassion. Come and sit. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Colossians 3, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. This is where this table becomes full. And over, bear with each other, forgiving one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues, put on love which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. So when you recognize that your enemies are terrified you push your chair back You say we're so polite with people and it's good to be kind to people But when you looking at the bread you've seen the father there's something inside of you That goes no ways You've been around my table a bit long (laughs) fear Because now he's literally pooping himself (laughs) You pull that chair back And you say, out. (laughs) Liar, out. Offense, get out. You are not welcome in my house. You are not welcome in my house. You are not welcome around my table. Because this table is taken. So friends, as we break bread today, it's not remembering... Meek and mild, sweet Jesus. It's our warrior king that lay himself on our table. And he says this, no man shall come to the Father but through me. You want to see the Father clearly? You see Jesus clearly. How we see Jesus clearly, we ask the Holy Spirit to keep our focus and our attention fixed on our author and the perfecter of our faith. Friends, we need to do this before we eat together. Focus on Christ. Let our meal times be times of focus that we can help one another realign our purposes, our mindsets, our language, our identity. Because when you know your identity, you know authority, and you will always be about your mission. Get rid of the uninvited guests around your table. Because a father does this, he he loves a good laugh, and I can see the father when you when we stand up, and we start acting like the sons and daughters of God, he then slaps the table so hard, actually falls on the ground laughing so hard at the look of the enemy's face. My son. He keeps on doing what Christ has already done. He reinforces it over and over and over. And the Father is rolling on the floor laughing in celebration of you and I.